Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction, and Saving Me One Day at a Time, Finding Light Amidst the Shadows of Addiction. I am here for you and this podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, to reclaim your power and to live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. So since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing that we can do is take back our power and focus on us ourselves. Just remember that the thoughts and perspectives that I share on this show are mine and those of the guests on the show. So if you ever hear anything harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and we always aim to do better and we value your feedback as well as your permission to be human. So please use all the content here as educational and informational and not for the purpose of medical diagnosis, treatment, or prescription in any form. That being said, let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I am so glad you're here and that we found each other and that we're here for each other. And I always joke that I'm your new best friend. (laughs) I am here for you to support you on this treacherous journey of loving someone with an addiction, or if you've lost someone to addiction, I am here for you. Um, this is hard. This is not an easy path to be on. I would don't wish this on anyone. And there's so many people touched by addiction. And um, that is why we created this community and all the resources. And I'm just here for you. So I wanted to do an episode on this idea of abuse is abuse, is abuse, is abuse. I cannot tell you how many times that I've heard stories that are just so devastating to hear that people have gone through. And it amazes me how often within those stories, we talk about, well, he he was so intoxicated that he, you know, maybe he did this, this, and this, or, um, and then the next day it's like, you get the apology. I don't know what I did. I don't remember. I'm so sorry, like blah, blah, blah. But the sad part, the saddest part to me about all that is it still happened. It still happened. I don't care what influence someone's under. 
abuse is abuse is abuse is abuse. So if we are being hurt in uh, half the time, it's even worse because we're not numbing out. We're like, we get the abuse firsthand and we're, and so I just, I wanted to do an episode because the last episode I recorded was all about the fly on the wall. And it got me thinking about all the times where I would say, oh my gosh, if I were a fly on the wall, oh my gosh, like I wouldn't even like, I couldn't even believe what's going on. And so I just wanted to do an episode on this unmasking the truth about abuse in the shadows of addiction. So addiction is so complex, um, you know, where we mix together this whole idea. We love someone so much. We also have so much compassion for what they're dealing with. We also have so much hope but it's also mingled with so much fear, with so much frustration and despair all together, right? And it this is such like a huge phenomenon that deserves our attention. Like there's so much that goes on when it comes to loving someone with an addiction. We, you know, we're told to ha- have compassion for their disease. We're told to try to be understanding and supportive, but we're also told, you know, there's nothing we can do or say that's going to change them. We're also worried that they're going to, you know, overdose or we have fear. We have so much fear, but then we're also not treated properly. So we're frustrated and uh, we're lied to and manipulated. And then we have loss and despair when we, they binge or they disappear. We're so, so There is so much that goes on when it comes to addiction. It is so hard. Now, there is a tendency when it comes to addiction to excuse, to justify, or even tolerate abusive behavior. There, and I got to say that again, there is such a tendency when it comes to addiction that we excuse out their behavior. We maybe justify, oh, you know, they're dealing with this and that, or, you know, they're down, so they're going to need to sleep for a while. And, and then, you know, they come back and then like, oh my gosh, then the whole cycle repeats itself, right? So maybe they're going to get better. We, we convince ourselves otherwise. So we have a tendency when it comes to addiction to excuse oftentimes their behavior, excuse out bad, really bad behavior sometimes, explosive behavior, abusive behavior, uh, language, uh, ups and downs and moods. Uh, We have this, and I I did it myself. Oh my gosh, I did it myself, especially because my addicted loved one had a hidden addiction for a while. So I thought maybe I was dealing with bipolar or um, uh, depression or anxiety. I was thought I was dealing with maybe like blood sugar level misregulation. We even had his blood sugar levels tested, this and that. So again, we justify out. We even tolerate to a large degree, a lot of abuse because it's cloaked in this disguise of addiction. It's cloaked in addiction. So while understanding addiction as a disease is so important, I'm not minimizing that because it does change the brain chemistry and everything like that. So while understanding addiction as a disease, it's also equally critical to recognize that abuse is abuse 
is abuse, is abuse, is abuse, regardless of the circumstances or the conditions that surround it. So I just want to talk about this in this episode that I want to delve into the reasons behind that there's this weird acceptance for behavior when it comes to addiction. And I just want to provide some examples to illustrate the dangers of this fact. And then also I want to empower you. I want to empower you with the knowledge of all of this so that you can protect yourself and your loved ones, your children, uh, because it's, 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 it's a really crazy concept. So some of the things that we might do is we might minimize physical violence. So in some cases, individuals can, we tolerate physical abuse because we excuse it out as a consequence for addiction. We excuse it out as a consequence that we may believe that it's substance induced aggression. And because we think it's substance induced aggression, we don't, we, we give them an out almost that it's not a true reflection of their partners or our partner's characteristics. So isn't that crazy? So we'll minimize, we will minimize the physical violence. We'll minimize the fact that, well, you know, excusing out their behavior, it's a consequence of their addiction instead of a reflection of their character. And you can see the problem there, right? Because it's still abuse. We're still having the impact of the abuse. We're still having the impact of that physical violence. And so an example might be, you know, a spouse might justify their um, partner's physical outbursts, such as hitting or pushing, um, because they might think it's drug-induced aggression or alcohol-induced aggression. Um, And so you can see the problem there. We're minimizing physical violence. Um, We might also be blaming external factors, which is what we do, right? So it's common for people to attribute this abusive behavior to outside factors like, well, you know, it's this, it's, it might be stress or it might be intoxication or it might be because they're coming down off their drug or it might be because, you know, their blood sugar levels are all thrown off. Their dopamine levels are gone. Like blah, blah, blah. We, we, we blame external factors. Um, but what we don't realize is that we're minimizing the responsibility for the abuser. So, so this externalization allows the abuser to avoid responsibility for taking responsibility for their actions. It's so profound and it's so common when it comes to um, addiction, right? So these these examples, they kind of illustrate how excusing abuse happens so common in the context of addiction, right? And addiction, like it, it, because we have this mix of we feel bad for them, we're offering compassion, we're trying to offer compassion, we're trying to have empathy and understanding, we're scared, there's fear involved, and we're desiring to protect the person that we love that's struggling with addiction. So it's so crucial that we recognize that regardless of any of this justification, abuse remains harmful. Abuse remains unacceptable. We need to address this because our well-being matters. We need to safeguard our mental health. We need to safeguard ourselves. So that's why I'm doing an episode on this, just so that we can 
understand it, see it for what it is, and just recognize how it might impact us. I want to keep you safe. I want you to be safe. I want you to recognize all of this and I want you to safeguard your well-being. And so that's why we're doing an episode on this. So the first thing we want to understand, the understanding the excuse, we kind of excuse out behavior and we tolerate it. Um, One of the things that causes this to happen is what we call the disease model. And so you've probably heard that addiction is commonly referred to as a disease. It starts with a choice, of course, but then it does affect the brain and it is supported by many medical and psychological professionals in that the perception is is that addiction can be can be referred to as a disease. And now this perception, yes, it's valid, but what it does is it can sometimes lead to a misconception that the individual's actions are beyond their control. And so it can have this uh, misconception that the whatever they do, the abuse or the violence and all that is beyond their control and that this creates, this disease model can create a really dangerous loophole that excuses out abusive behavior. And so an alcoholic, for example, they might abuse their partner and then and the partner uh, rationalizes it as a symptom of their disease. And so you can see that there's no ownership there. There's no taking responsibility. There's an excuse an excuse out of it. And so you can see how the disease model can actually cause this. And so the other thing is, is empathy and sympathy. When it comes to addiction, those who love someone with an addiction, us, us, us people, um, we often feel so much sadness, empathy, compassion for our loved ones. We feel, we sympathize with their pain. We sympathize with their struggles. So this very compassion can actually inadvertently lead, lead to overlooking or excusing out abusive actions right? I was one of them, 100%. It's like, oh my gosh, I need to be in that expression, like, you know, uh, through thick and thin or um, with the, the vows, the wedding vows, right? Through, through, we love you through thick and thin. And like, you know, all those expressions, it's like, I felt like I needed to be there for him, even though he was treating me with so much turmoil and just abuse in general, verbally, Uh, mentally, emotionally, on so many levels. And so for an example, like, you know, this empathy and sympathy can really inadvertently lead to overlooking or excusing out abusive behavior. So another thing is, is like self-preservation, right? Individuals may excuse out abusive behavior to protect themselves emotionally, right? We might be just like, you know, like, like half the time I couldn't believe what was happening. And so in order to like, you know, keep my sanity, I'm like, okay, like I excuse out or I explain out the behavior and give it a reason why it's happening kind of. So, but what I wasn't doing is confronting that abuse head on. And I wasn't looking at the abuse because sometimes it can feel really painful and challenging to confront that abuse and and it can lead to denial and minimalization. So minimization, that is one thing that I did a lot of when I was in it, right? So I would avoid acknowledging 
the emotional manipulation and the, you know, because I didn't want to necessarily lose that relationship. I was trying to make it work. And so you can see it. I don't know if you see yourself in any of this, but it amazes me just to understand where these excuses come from, why we might do it. And now let's talk a little bit about the dangers of excusing out behaviors. You probably don't even need me to go into this detail because you're probably already seeing it. Like, yes, Andrea, I can see the dangers of this. So excusing out behaviors or excusing out abuse, most specifically, poses so many numerous dangers. So what happens is, is it can potentially reinforce harmful behavior. So by excusing out abuse, it can create a cycle of harmful behaviors because they're getting away with it. And it's making it less likely that the individual is going to take responsibility for their actions. And it's going to become less likely for the individual to confront their actions. And so uh, for us to confront them as well. So this might reinforce more and more and more harmful behavior because it is being accepted or excused out, right? So then the lack of responsibility increases. All right, so another thing is emotional and psychological toll. We are tolerating abuse. We are tolerating some serious emotional and psychological as well as sometimes physical consequences, right? As we become a victim of it. And so this can affect us on so many levels. It can erode our self-esteem. It can foster a sense of powerlessness or learned helplessness, and it can even lead to trauma. So there's dangers in excusing out abuse uh, on so many, so many levels. Not to mention the impact that it has on relationships, right? Abuse, whether it's linked to addiction or not, it damages relationships. It's irreplaceable. It's irreparable, rather. So excusing out this behavior only prolongs suffering on all levels in all relationships. The other thing is, is excusing out behaviors. It basically keeps the stigma that comes with addiction going. So the stigma surrounding addiction is, is that this idea that, um, you know, that abuse is a part of addiction. And then what happens is, is is if we keep excusing it out, we're kind of like contributing to that stigma. Um, So what we want to do is really enhance the progress when it comes to talking about addiction and understanding and looking at it from a complex issue, but recognizing that abuse, although very common with addiction, it's not tolerable. It is not, it it doesn't go hand in hand and it doesn't just make it okay. And so I think that's really important to not excuse abuse, especially in the realm of addiction, because it actually inadvertently reinforces the stigma surrounding addiction. All right. So let's talk about the empowerment through knowledge. So just the knowledge of this, just by recognizing that abuse is abuse, is abuse, is abuse, no matter what, irrespective of its origin, it's abuse. Just knowing this is a powerful tool to safeguard your well-being and know that it's never okay and it's going to safeguard you. So another thing we can do is by knowing this, setting, making sure that we set boundaries and the 
power of boundaries. So clearly defining and assessing your boundaries. What are your rights? What is it that you need to set up to keep you absolutely safe, right? No one should tolerate abusive behaviors regardless of the circumstances. The other thing is befriending or seeking support, reaching out to support groups, professionals, therapists, coaches, counselors, you know, everywhere you can, friends, family, to help you navigate the challenges of abuse that might come with addiction. And so you can maintain your safety. So, so, so important. The other piece of the puzzle is knowing and having this knowledge is to encourage accountability. Don't let our loved ones get away with abuse, right? Encourage your loved ones to take responsibility for their actions and to seek treatment and to address their abuse of behavior because it's there and recognizing that it's there. I can't tell you how many times people are like, they videotape them to have proof. Like, look at this. Look at how you were acting. Like, this is what you did. It's like, you know, that's not always the best answer. It's like, okay, like, let's really get honest about this. And half the time they're going to be in denial and not want to see that video anyway. But more and more ways of encouraging accountability is really important. So raising awareness as well. So sharing your knowledge with others so we can dispel this misconception and so that we know that abuse can never be excused. It can never be justified. It is not right. And I just wanted to bring this to your attention. I wanted to do an episode on this because I I always caught myself saying this, like no matter what, we have this tendency in the world of addiction where emotions are already like in the world is complex and chaos. It's imperative to remember that no matter what kind of abuse, emotional, physical, all this abuse is abuse is abuse. So while our empathy and our understanding are crucial, we can never excuse out or forget about the importance of self-preservation and protection of ourselves and loved ones. We cannot forget that we need to not tolerate abuse. We cannot excuse it out. It is never acceptable. It's never okay. And so I want to just shed light on this dangerous acceptance of abuse when it comes to the context of addiction. There is this dangerous acceptance and I'm so passionate about it. Um, and I, uh, what we want to do is keep working towards the future that yes, we can still offer compassion and empathy, but recognizing that, you know, accountability can coexist with this and that abuse is never okay. So fostering healing for ourselves and safeguarding our well-being. Oh my gosh, I hope that that was enlightening. I know it's a really heavy subject matter. I just felt like I wanted to talk about it and this idea that abuse, like, oh my gosh, in a world of addiction is so crazy in terms of like, we are trying to love them. We're trying to be understanding. We're offering compassion and we're offering empathy. And, but it's merged with also fear and hurt and frustration and despair. Right. And then there's this whole disturbing phenomenon that needs our attention that we are excusing out or justifying and sometimes even tolerating abusive behavior because it's in this cloak of addiction and that needs to stop, right? There's never any excuse. 
um, for abuse. And that's, that's my bottom line. That's, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So I'm sending everybody so much love and hugs through the line. And thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.